Hey, welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Oh, wow. The Redeemer lives. What an amazing story, hey? You know, we're inspired by the stories, but the reality of that story, you know, for, for Dom and Mike, you know, what a, what a privilege it is to, to, to serve the risen Lord. Why don't we give the Lord one more hand, hey? Thanks, Natalie. You know, I love I love New New Year's. I, you know, New Year's Eve's great. I was in bed at nine thirty, and uh, I gave myself the gift of sleep, and uh, it was beautiful. I heard a few pops at, the, at nine a.m. from our place. Must have been some fireworks. But I, I love New Year's, and, and do you know why I love it? Because it, rem- it always reminds me of of what Jesus said the first time he went to the temple, and he read out of. He read out of Isaiah and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set liberty those, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And here it is, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He's talking about Jubilee when, when everything was restored back to its original owner, where, where the, the lands were restored back to the original owner. And, and I love it. I love it that, that every year is the acceptable year of the Lord. When we get up, Jesus is still saying, he's still declaring, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 13 and verse 11. See, the year of the Lord, it's a significant reminder every time we say the year, isn't it? Because the year of the Lord is always in reference to the birth of Christ. 2016, 2016 AD, Anno Domini, the, you know, the year of our Lord, 2016. It's a, every time we say the date, it's a reminder that Jesus lived. That Jesus came and entered humanity to set us free. Every historical and current event worth noting is dated according to the number of years it was before or after the birth of Jesus. Amazing. Great philosopher from Greece, Plato, who gave us the platonic relationship. He was the one who invented men and women can be friends. And... uh, he was born 427 BC, before Christ. Marcus Aurelius, Caesar of Rome, who you may have seen on the movie Gladiator, he was born AD 161. The year of our Lord, 161. You know, we have new terms now. We have BCE and CE. Before the common era and the common era, where now the scientists and 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 different people are calling this this time now we're in the the common era we're, we're 2016 after the common era here's the thing though that no matter what they call it no matter what they change no matter what it gets said around that time 
it's still centered around the birth of Jesus. And we know that there is nothing common about the birth of Jesus. We saw this morning that there was nothing common about Jesus coming and redeeming every man, woman and child. And every day he gets up and he says, this is the acceptable year of our Lord. This is the acceptable year of our Lord that we can embrace his redemption afresh. We can, we can step into a new measure of his holiness and embrace a new measure of his grace and walk in those mercies that are new every morning. One, one of my uh, favorite uh, people that I, that, that I love to, to, to consider is a monk by the name of Dennis the Small. And uh, he, 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 he lived around 500 years after the death of Christ. And, you know, before Dennis, they didn't have the calendar that we have now. He actually invented this calendar system based on the birth of Christ. He invented this guy named Dennis the Small. What a great, what a great name, Dennis the Small. Yet nobody took on this calendar until about 800 years after Christ. 800 years after Christ was when, when we first embraced the, the AD and BC idea of, of counting. And the crazy thing for poor little Dennis the Small, I'm assuming he was, maybe he was like, you know how big guys are called small? I'm assuming Dennis the Small was like six foot ten and they called him Dennis the Small. He didn't get to experience people embracing the calendar system that he invented around the birth of Christ. You see, the things that you do the things that, that you create in your life, the, the, the reminders that you create that Christ is central in you, you don't know who and how many and when and what generations are going to embrace them as central to their life. All you can do is be responsible in your life to center your life around Christ. And this guy, Dennis the Small, says, hey, we need a calendar. We need to measure everything based on Christ. Not just, not just how we feel during the day, not just our identity, but how about every aspect of humanity. Every time we remember, every time we think, every time we plan, we plan around the birth of Christ. We plan around that central fact that Jesus entered humanity and set us free. Let's plan everything around that. And now, you know, no matter who it is, they, can't, they don't disrupt the system anymore. They can change the name. They can change what we call it. We can call it the common era, but you and I both know that Jesus is the center. He's the centerpiece. Anything that happened before Christ, we say BC. Anything that happened after Christ, we say AD, Anno Domini. The year of our Lord, 2016. Do you know what I love about 2016? It means that for 2016 years, Jesus has been, since Jesus was entered the planet, and has revival began at that point. Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's been saying that for the last 2016 years. I love it in the movie Braveheart. And it starts like this. It says, In the year of our Lord, 1314, patriots of Scotland, starving and outnumbered, charged the fields of Bannockburn. They fought like warrior poets. They fought like Scotsmen. And they won their freedom. And I wrote this a few years ago, and I've shared it before, but I, love, I, I like to continue reading it each year. 
in the year of our Lord, 2016. Ambassadors of the kingdom of God in Noosa, living in uncertain times, on battered, weary legs and feeble knees, strengthened themselves in the Lord and charged into its community, pursuing holiness and peace with all people. They fought like sons and daughters of the king. They fought with the sword of the spirit. They knew they were receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. So they served like heirs with reverence and godly fear and they lived in his freedom. It's the year of our Lord. I want to remind you this morning that it is the year of our Lord. And as we start this year, let's remind ourselves to make plans. When you're, when you're resolving, when you're making your New Year's resolution, let's remind ourselves that Jesus is at the center of our resolution. He is at the center of our opportunity. He is at the center of our mission. He is at the center of everything that we do. You know, the date is forever linked to the birth of Christ. And we need to be linked to him as well. The Bible says a lot about this. It says, you know, it says we're we're the salt. We're the salt of the earth. Like salt, we're the flavor of Christ. We're the fragrance of Christ. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We're the branches of his vine. If you abide in my words, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You will ask what you desire. The enemy is trying to hoodwink our desires. He's always trying to shift us away from our godly desires, isn't he? He says, but if you abide in me and my word abides in you, what you will desire, you will have. It's only as we cling to him and his truth is in us that we will have clarity about true desire. You know, about 600 BC, God spoke through his prophet Jeremiah about the children of Israel. This was just prior to their captivity in Babylon. It's in Jeremiah chapter 13. The key verse this morning is verse 13, but I'll just, I'll just skip through those first 10 verses. God's speaking to Jeremiah and he says, take a sash like a belt. He says, take a sash and put it on. He says, put the, put the, put the waistband on. And he goes, okay, great. Now take that sash, now go and place it under a rock in the Euphrates River. He says, okay, no worries. He goes and takes the sash, puts it under a rock in the Euphrates River. And then he says, okay, a little while goes past, he says, now go back and get that sash from the river. And Jeremiah goes back, he gets, goes to the Euphrates River where the rock was. He lifts the rock up and there's the sash. And the sash is, it's, it's worn, it's tattered, it's broken up, it's useless. The sash was ruined. And this is what God said about the children of Israel. He says, the evil people who refuse to hear my words, who follow the dictates of their hearts and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them, they shall be just like the sash, which is profitable for nothing. Wow, this is a pretty hard word. And then in verse 11, he says this. He says this. He says this about the children of Israel. He says, For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole household of Israel and the whole household of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be, for me, a people of renown, for praise, 
and for glory. You see, Israel got distracted by the things of the world. And they were created, we were all created to be in relationship, to cling to God. And when we cling to God, we become like God. And when we, when we walk away from God, we, we become ruined and corrupt. And this is why he sent his son. This is why he sent his son to set us free from our distractions, from the distraction from the enemy, from the world, from our own fleshly desires. He set us free from that because he wants us to be a people for renown. You see, it's as we cling to him that the world believes in him. When Jesus prays in, in John chapter 17, verse 21, he, he prays for us that we would become one with each other and in him that the world would believe that Jesus was sent by God. You see, the world doesn't believe because we say he is Lord. The world believes because we are one with each other and with him. And when, when we cling to him, it enables us to be one with each other and that's when people see that he is Lord because we're doing the impossible. We're doing the impossible. No matter how far we get, he is like the father waiting for the prodigal son to return. See, we become a people who are for praise. As we cling to him, we see more of his goodness and beauty and naturally become a people of praise. It's hard sometimes to think of things to praise for, but as we cling to him, as we embrace his goodness, as we, as we embrace him in every aspect of our lives, we start to see new colours. We start to see beauty in people that we didn't see before. We start to see beauty in ourselves that we didn't see before. And we begin to praise him because we begin to see through his eyes, not through our eyes. And we will be a people for glory. As we cling to him, we're transformed. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that as we gaze upon him as in a mirror, as we cling to him, we go from glory to glory. We become like what we cling to. Unfortunately for the Israelites at that time, they didn't cling to God and they ended up in the captivity of Babylon. And when we don't cling to God, we tend to, it doesn't feel like captivity, but we get captivated by things that aren't of God. We get captivated by things that end up ruining us if we're not careful. And when we, when we start a new year, when we say we are in the year of our Lord 2016, we are reminded that we need to be clinging to our Lord, like the date clings to the birth of Christ, we need to cling to the redemption of Jesus. We need to cling to our identity in Jesus. It says in Joshua, the other Joshua, he says on God's behalf to the children of Israel, choose you this day who you will serve. You see, when we wake up every day, we get to choose to serve him. I choose this day to serve him serve the Lord because he is mighty to save. He is my saviour. He is my Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today we praise God for who he is. Today we thank God for what he has done. You know, we're diligent in looking for opportunities every day to put him first. You know, I, lo I love our, I love our um, worship team. Let's give them a hand. What an amazing bunch of guys we've got. 
know, we, we've got a diligent team led by a mighty man of faith, Jamie Butler, who, let's give him a hand. He's a good man. You see, James is, is diligent in looking for music that glorifies him. There's so much music around now that we can, that we can sing, sing about God that is focused still on us. And he looks for music. The guys, you know, we sang two songs this morning. One was written by Janine, one was written by Greg. And these songs, you know, they're, they're, they're about us adoring the King of Kings. They're not about us. They're all about him. They're all about his goodness. They're all about declaring praises towards him. And, and in this day and age of individualism, of, of you know, what we can get, you know, it's, it's a difficult process. So I honor James for his, his diligence in seeking music that is all about honor, that is all about praise, that is, that is declaring that this is the acceptable year of our Lord. This isn't the time when we seek from him. This is the time that we seek to glorify him. So how do we do it? We make God first in everything. We make God first in everything. All things are secondary to Christ. That's why we pray before we eat. We don't we don't do it we don't do it because because it's a, it's a religious act. We do it because we want to take one moment before we feed our stomachs to thank him that he is the creator of all this great food that we're about to partake of. We put him first. You know, what, what we, we need to remind ourselves that this is not a religious act. This is us declaring before we do anything that he is first, that he is the source, that he is the creator. And only because he spoke life into those plants, only because he spoke life into the animal that ate those plants, that we get to eat that steak. Glory to him. Let's eat. You know, we follow Christ before we lead, pre- lead people. We follow Christ before we lead people. We sing praises before we learn. We read His Word before we declare our thoughts. You know what I reckon? Well, what I reckon is actually irrelevant until I've studied His Word. And what you reckon is irrelevant until you've heard what I've said about what I've read about in His Word. You see, there's a source of truth, and it's his word, and we read his word before we declare our thoughts. We have communion every Sunday in this church. Every Sunday we take communion in this church. A lot of churches around the world don't take communion each Sunday anymore. We take it every Sunday because we want to remind ourselves that Christ is always first that we remember his sacrifice, that we remember that he redeemed us, we remember that by his blood shed, we are now in covenant with him forever. That's how we do it. That's how we cling to him. We put him first in every aspect of our lives. That's why we we have an 8 a.m. service on Christmas Day because we want to, before we tear into the presence, we want to remember that he entered humanity and gave us the greatest gift of all eternal life. You see, sometimes we can get so caught up in doing God's work that we lose contact with Him. And He wants us to to be reminded that the work is good, that the relationships are good. But let's take a moment right now at the start of this year to declare that He is first in all, that He is Lord of our lives, 
that he saves us and set us free from all shame, from all sin. There's nothing that you have done in your yesterday that can rob you of the liberty of Christ for today and the rest of your life. Why doesn't the band jump up? Church, we're, we're now in the year of our Lord, 2016. Which to me means freedom in Christ has been available all that time. When Jesus died and when he rose again, freedom became available to all of humanity from that point in time. So when you think about the year, when you think about starting your year, take a moment to consider that it is his year. It's the acceptable year of the Lord for you to step into his will and live according to his fresh mercy. Revival started the day that Christ rose from the grave. Like Jeremiah said, For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man... So I made the whole household of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people for renown, for praise and for glory. Why don't you stand with me this morning? You know, the, the, before the believers had a Bible in their hot little hands like we do, before they had the privilege of, of just carrying this around and reading it at their will, they used to declare creeds to one another. And one of the great creeds was the Apostles' Creed. Now, I've got it up on the screen there, and, and I'm going to read it out. And, you know, you, you're welcome to read along with me if you want. You're welcome to, you know, to, you know, even put your hand on your heart and declare it with me because it's important that before we set any agenda in our lives, that we take a moment to declare what we believe and who we believe in. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Wow. Why don't you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we thank you for a love that never fails. We thank you that you see all. We thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega. Not only do you see our beginning and our end, but you see all of humanity's beginning and end. We thank you that you are present everywhere. We thank you that you are all-powerful and all-knowing. And we take a moment now, before we begin our year properly, we take a moment to declare that this 
is the acceptable year of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, I want to give those of you who don't know Christ as your Savior the opportunity to accept Him this morning. What a way to start your year with a bang by, by aligning your life with the King of Kings, by accepting the risen Savior as your Lord. If that's you this morning, if you want to accept Christ as your Savior and begin a relationship with Him, why don't you raise your hand this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, only I'm looking. Why don't you raise your hand and let me pray with you this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. A few more seconds. Glorious Lord. Father, we are in awe of your goodness. We're in awe of your mercy. We're in awe of the liberty of the cross. And as we step into a new year, I ask that you would impart into each of your children present here today, impart new vision, Father. Open their eyes that they may see that glorious inheritance, that glorious inheritance that you have for each of us, Lord. Open our eyes of our understanding, Lord. Open our ears so that we can hear the sounds of your kingdom first. We declare, Lord, that you are first in our lives. And we go now in the mighty name of Jesus for your glory and according to your truth. And the church of God said together, Amen.